Okay, look at that, we're recording. Okay, that noise is supposed to go away when you start recording. Oh, that's because I have to do that first. There we go. Uh, oh, now we're good. actually recording. When we were, we were only fake perfect. recording before. Now we're real recording. Ooh, got some gurgliness going on. Jimbo the Mighty Lobster. Do it in my ear. Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Fifteen years later, guess that, what? Superman, not. not dead. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. You have to give credit to Wonder Woman guy for being, like, wicked into BDSM. And now, your hosts, Luke Matthews. I'm gonna reach into the depths of my colon to find something that you've never even fucking heard of. And B. The reason why I got into comics is because my mom told me about a story she heard on NPR. Mike DiPetrillo. And I would not go to Jonathan Frakes booth because I would get space herpes. And Andy Padel. A young orc named One-Eye who's really good with a hammer. And he's desperately trying not to get his junk cut off and turned into currency. Welcome to Issue Zero of the Trade Secrets Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Luke Matthews. I am joined by my co-host, Andy Padel. Hey, how's it going? I'm also joined by Ann Bean. Hello. And Mike DiPetrolo. Hi. This is, as stated, issue zero of the podcast. It is, uh, we are basically just going to talk about what the podcast is going to be in the future. We're going to introduce ourselves a little bit. And we're going to talk, uh, we're recording right now from day two of the Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, Washington. So we will talk a little bit about the convention and, and just kind of get a general feel for what the show is going to be like in the future. Uh, but uh, to start, why doesn't each person introduce themselves and let us know like kind of how you got into comic books and what interests you about them and blah 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 we'll start with andy oh mine's fun uh so when my dad was in prison he used to send me these (laughs) 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 Uh, he used to send me these care packages that were filled with comic books and i can remember reading like uh nam uh 1972 Mm -hmm. um old Captain America stuff, a bunch of Marvel titles mostly, and I sort of stuck with it through that point until I got to the point where I was about 27. I stopped for a few years and then started back up about five years ago. Wow, you're old. Shut up. (laughs) Where do your interests lie in comic books? Is it Marvel, DC? Is it superheroes, not superheroes? What do you you got? Basically anything that's not DC. I have huge problems (laughs) with Superman and everything that he causes. Um, As far as Marvel titles go, I've been reading X-Men for over 20 years now. And I'm going to continue no matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm just completely loyal to the brand. Uh, Outside of that, (laughs) I read a lot of very strange, off-the-wall titles. Um, Orc Stain, it just came out from Image. It's about a young orc named One-Eye who's really good with a hammer. And he is very desperately, book, actually. desperately trying not to get his junk cut off and turned into currency. I shit you not, that is the plot <laughs> of the entire book. Well, awesome. I'm sold. Other than that, um, I read stuff like Chew, um, Thunderbolts. Another one that I've heard good things about. Chew is amazing. Um, like Sixth Gun. Um, yes. Yeah, Sixth Gun is good, isn't it? Sixth Gun's so good. Uh, I, I've been trying to stay away from most of the big... Like I used to read Daredevil, and I stopped when I finally said, Okay, Marvel, look, Matt Murdock has been Daredevil for the past 20-some years. Black Panther is not Daredevil, no matter if you say it's 
Daredevil I'm issue so behind. 527. And yeah, I was, just, I was done with that. Um, they replaced Matt Murdock as Daredevil? Yeah, Matt Murdock huh. was possessed by a demon, started doing some horrible stuff, oh, and then Jesus built Christ. a hand fortress in the middle of Hell's Kitchen. At this point, all the superheroes get together and say, you've gone too far finally, and wackiness ensues. Some people get murdered, and Matt Murdock leaves. It's terrible. It's really, that re- really that's bad. That's really terrible. It's really bad. But um, can they ever permanently do that to a character? I feel like he will yeah. recur. Jean Grey's been dead for six years now? I don't know. Theory. Some, yeah, something like that. Yeah, she's so occasionally, possible. occasionally, but but Jean Grey is also no matter what people will say, she's kind of secondary. She's never she's never been a core character. She's always been a plot device. So you can you can kill off Jean Grey. I don't think you can fuck with Daredevil too much. That's he'll come back and it's they'll no, be like, oh, it's like it never happened. It's no, it's no, it's not really that different than Azrael taking over for Batman, right? It's yeah. just it's a temporary thing, and eventually Matt Murdock will be like. Yeah, so Azrael slash uh, who was it? Uh, Dick Grayson was that the new Batman? While Batman was trapped fighting through time, six months like after Captain back. America was trapped fighting through time. I Don't. was going to go back to yeah. Daredevil and say that Daredevil lost me when they released the movie or anything relating to the Daredevil. <laughs> Don't talk about that. That never uh, happened. No, it happened, and it was a comedy actually. And I'm yeah. pretty sure that they didn't intend it to be a comedy, <laughs> which is a bad thing. That well, reminds me of uh, when. So there's the new X-Men movie coming out, and someone was talking to me oh, about it. I'm like, so bad. It, it better be no. good for the second X-Men movie. He's like, you know there's three. I'm like, no, there, there wasn't three X-Men yeah. movies. No. Didn't happen. It no w- one ever looks, said, I'm the juggernaut bitch. <laughs> right. It looks Nobody so can hurt the blob. Oh, oh, my God. Who? Uh, it's based on a story by... Um, well, it's, oh, it's written by good writers, right? No, no, it's but it's based on a story from... Oh, shit, what is the guy's name? The guy who said that Nightcrawler had two dicks and was oh, a demon. Dear. This is actual continuity. Jesus. <laughs> this is uh, in the experts. Yes. Let's, wait. Let's wait a second. <sighs> Comics and continuity. No. Oh, that, no, that's not true. <laughs> I can start listing off stuff that does. Amazing. I know, but it's like, have you ever heard? This is a correlation to video games. Has you ever heard anybody talk about the continuity in the Zelda games? <laughs> it's a kind of the same thing, although it's probably a little bit more traceable in comics, especially superhero comics, but. It's still kind of teeth grindingly bad. When you talk about comics that are in there in five hundreds of issues, you're not looking at continuity anymore. Yeah, like with Captain America. Okay, so specifically Captain America and the Punisher, right? Both of these guys have stories that are centralized on specific wars that happened a very long time ago. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Frank Castle's like seventy now. At (laughs) least, and the beauty is that at least Captain America has an excuse, and they can kind of. Super constantly reinvent him, right? Yeah. Where, you know, he was always in World War II and he was always super soldier and then the shit happens ice. and he gets frozen in a block of ice and, and thawed out later. And they can always kind of reinvent that story and but they have no excuses, Frank Castle. Well, okay, so um, Jason Aaron's Punisher Max series is amazing and if I remember correctly, he's actually a veteran from Desert Storm. Go for yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. So, back to the original uh, topic, let's move yeah. on to Anne and sure. how'd you... Introduce yourself and tell us how you got into comics. Right. Uh, my name's Ann, Ann Bean. Um, I, I hate to say this because it's embarrassing. The reason why I got into comics is because my mom told me about a story she heard on NPR. <laughs> Let me adjust this my happens. glasses real quick. <laughs> that might right. be the uh, most unique way to get into comics. Well, it, 
she heard an interview with Pete Abrams of Sluggy Freelance. Yes. Um, which made me start reading Sluggy Freelance, which made me start reading web comics. Yeah, I read a, a whole bunch of bunch of stuff in like um, early two thousands online, and then eventually realized that this stuff was written down in books as well, and that is also good. Um, yeah. And primarily got into a lot of DC Vertigo. I I um, okay, wait, wait, have wait. a secret crush Sand on Sandman. Oh God. <laughs> I could rant about... I, I actually did rant about this in something that I wrote. <laughs> Secret crush. I'm allowed to have it. Um, but in, in DC Protocol in general, actually several other titles. Image titles I enjoy. I like Powers a lot. I like some of the like ultra-knit superhero stuff. Powers is one of the ones that I haven't gotten into oh, yet that oh, everyone keeps good. telling me to. And I... And I I, I'm half guilted into it today because I actually at the con had a went and got a copy of uh, Mice Templar signed by Michael Avon Emming, oh, yeah. who's the guy that draws powers. Yeah. And uh, I, after seeing all the like a ton of the power stuff behind his booth and very little Mice Templar stuff, I was like, "All right, okay, I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I, I can tell." Okay, so for the listeners who have not. Uh, red powers before I can sum it up with a very easy cross tangent. West Coast Avengers meets CSI meets Behind the Music. Anyway, to sum up my current where yeah. I'm at in the comics world, uh, I definitely enjoy random independent things. I'm still on the DC Vertigo and Image Pulse, and okay. I'm, I'm still on the some degree of the web comics. Can, pulse. can we separate DC from Vertigo? Because yes. they're, t- like, they're, they're also very different. Wildstorm, Vertigo, oh, and Vertigo are not the same thing as DC. DC has been okay. Vertigo like seventy years of shit. The core DC universe is terrible. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm hoping that maybe at some point we'll have somebody on the show that does not think that. Although you have to give credit to Wonder Woman guy. For being like wicked into BDSM and <laughs> imagining a universe where women uh, are like the true goddesses that dominate men, really, that's the thought behind Wonder Woman. And, and I appreciate that. Is what you're saying. Yeah, no, that's that's what he wanted. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you mean comics? Clearly, you haven't made it right, people. I mean, did, what? Did you like my subtle yet not so subtle jab? Micatron. Hi, I'm Micatron. Also known as Mike DiPetrello. But there are plenty of fucking mics in the world, so it's Micatron. <laughs> um, my story of getting into comics involved very large bulk packs of comics that I got from Costco as a kid. I remember those. And they were dirt cheap, and yep. my folks would get them for me. And they were awesome, because there were maybe 25 comics in these packs. And for like seven dollars or some shit, yeah, it was, it was insane. Dirt cheap, and there were a lot of good ones in there. Uh, particularly, I remember getting in that that pack the Superman Death comic. I can't remember which number it is. Yeah, well, the one that came in the black bag. Yeah, I got that in that. Um, so I'm it sorry. actually came with. Yeah, well, I liked it at the time. Fifteen years later, guess uh, what? Superman time. not dead. Not dead. <laughs> well, you know I what? See that. And then somehow he propagated. In that, that, that period oh afterwards, my. you know, he was like, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna split. Not only am I not dead, I'm very fertile. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. It's like, it's like killing a worm. He just splits into four. Uh, anyway, worm, worm Superman aside, uh, af- after that. Worm Superman. Superman's like worm? <laughs> well, you know, you cut a worm in half, it becomes two worms. For a while, at least. I don't know how this works. <laughs> Four worms. Four worms. Okay, you had Cyborg. You had Superboy. <laughs> you had um, 
Steel and oh fucking Steel. Who was the, who's the other one? He's like the uh, mutant one. Thank God the superhero played by Shaquille O'Neal. Oh. It was like a mutant <laughs> version. I, I can't remember. Anyway, we'll call him Super Guy. Super dude. Super, super dude, dude, not Superman. Super duder. <laughs> super duder. Dudical. Um, so after after I had I propagated a, a, an extreme amount of comics in my room, like stacks and stacks and stacks, and there were a lot of good comics in there, uh, I eventually got into Image Comics and became batshit for Spawn uh, until uh, the movie came yes. out, and that was very quickly quashed because the movie was <laughs> awful. 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 And then, and then uh, Todd McFarlane kind of sold went out. Insane. Went off the deep end. He went off the fucking deep end. Mm-hmm. Bought a baseball for a lot of a few million dollars. Um, Which was rendered useless, like, what, two years later? <laughs> yeah, oops. Uh, bad investment. <laughs> and uh, then I stopped. I, I really stopped reading comics until I got into college. And then I started doing the highbrow, the motherfucking highbrow shit. Uh, like Mouse and Jimmy, smartest boy in the world, Ghost World, Ghost World. Uh, all of that really, uh, in much in the lines of good literature, makes you feel really depressed after reading it. Um, works of art, totally as a narrative and as just art, were awesome. And then I get into web comics. Which is a total and everything reversal. got thrown out the fucking window. Yeah, and while that's not really the same thing, I'm, that's no, kind of where I'm at. Web comics is the is not the evolution of comic mm. books as much as it's the evolution of like newspaper comics, Sunday comics. So while Andy's ordering another drink, yeah, uh, this is good. We could drink on the podcast. Yes, it's it's amazing. wonderful, wonderful. Um, it makes for the best podcasts. My my comic book history started when I was a little kid in the mid '80s. My brother was into comics, and he read some strange ones. Like his big his favorite was Vigilante, and uh, wow. yeah, he was really into Vigilante and Fool Killer. Fool. And uh, I he, his secondary stuff was was Transformers, GI Joe, which is where I got started on GI Joe's amazing. Yeah, GI Joe. So I. In the mid '80s, that's what I was reading. Was the I was I was I was already watching the cartoons, so I decided to read the comics as well. And I have very distinct memories of like being grounded by my parents. And uh, so my my bedroom had a door that backed up to the back of the house. So one of my friends showed up one day while I was grounded, and I recruited him to run down to the Seven Eleven down the street and pick me up the next issue of Transformers because I couldn't go out and get it. Um, uh, I read a lot of that for for a long time, and then when I kind of got to high school, I stopped reading comics for a little while. Um, in, the, in early high school, a lot of that stuff that I bought when I was a kid kind of—I don't know what happened to it. Like lost in moves, found you know just dumped somewhere along the way. Then uh, toward the end of high school, I started collecting again uh, in the—or no, actually, I guess it would have been junior high because in the beginning of high school. I had started reading comics again because I got hit by a car when I was 11. That explains so much. It really does. And I got back into comics because my parents started bringing them home for me while I was recovering from the accident. Um, And I was reading all kinds of shit. This was early 90s comic books, so it was a lot of... 
crappy Marvel and you know shit with lenticular holograms on the cover. And yes, random fatal <laughs> attractions. <laughs> yeah, collected through the nineties. Bought a bunch of stuff. Uh, I was mostly a Marvel guy, uh, and then I like Micatron. I got into Image with Spawn yeah. and Young Blood. I went to a comic convention in Portland, Oregon, uh, where all of the original Image creators were there. And well, it I was feel, a week um, after uh, Youngblood one num- number one came out. Um, so good, so good. So, so okay, wait, by the original ones, you mean what? Eric Larson. It was Eric Rob Larson, Lifefield, Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, Jim Lee, uh, Silvestri. Oh, Mark Silvestri. Mark Silvestri and the guy that did Shadowhawk. Uh, oh, I that was Mark about Silvestri, wasn't it? No, Mark Silvestri did Cyberforce. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> Shadow- I liked Cyber Force. Shadowhawk fucking not. Shadowhawk was terrible. Oh, Shadowhawk was terrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. The Savage Dragon is not good either. But Savage Dragon was at least fun. Savage Dragon is still going on. I know. It amazes me. And at we, least it was fun, though. It was. It, it, you could tell Eric Larson didn't take it seriously and just fucked around with it. For fuck's sake, he had a custom uh, a fan contest to create a hero, and the one he picked was a hero called Jimbo the Mighty Lobster. This hey, guy whoa, did not whoa, whoa. take his comic seriously. Lobsters are viable candidates for heroes. I mean, you've got Mike Mignola, who's got Lobster Johnson, which yes. is the best name <laughs> ever. Okay. When I went to college... Uh, I had been reading pretty constantly up through then, going to a lot of conventions, getting a lot of stuff signed, and then... Wait a second. Reading in college? What the fuck? Uh, continue. So, <laughs> my halfway through college in 97, uh, my apartment in downtown Seattle uh, burned up in a fire Awkward. and took the vast majority of my comic collection with it. Um, it so, this is, this, this is the pain of this fire. It took... Almost all of my comic collection with it. Luckily enough, oddly enough, the one box it didn't burn up was all of my signed stuff. Well, nice. Which, okay, I'll take that. Uh, all the rest of my collection went to shit, and the worst part was on the bookcase opposing where the fire started in my apartment were a bunch of original Transformers. Oh. There was a Jetfire, an original Optimus Prime, an original Jazz, and an original Bumblebee sitting on top of my bookcase on display. Uh-huh. The heat from the fire went up the wall, across the ceiling, came down right on top of that bookcase, and when I was able to finally get back into my apartment after the fireman left, piles of plastic slag on top of my uh, oh, bookcase. That's the <laughs> just Optimus Prime just melted to unrecognizable gray out and blue Out of curiosity, slag. did he go <laughs> <laughs> when he melted? I Aww. wish I had been there to find out. Autobots, um, avenge me. And that is actually when I stopped reading comics for quite a long time. I got back into comics with the Ultimate Marvel Universe, actually. Word um, to the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Yes. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I was able to... Hey, it started... Don't shake your head, Andy, because it started no out history, well. so whatever. It started out really well. But then the it went in good. a terrible, terrible That's direction. That's and fine, I didn't keep up with it, so I can okay. have that yeah. illusion. Yeah. Okay, I'm like go the with person it. who like, watched the first Star Wars and pretended the... The, the prequels never existed, right? Okay, I, I read the golden. first ten issues of Ultimate yeah. Iron Man, and I loved it. Ultimate Iron Man, I I liked Ultimate Spider Man. Ultimate Spider Man's been pr- Ultimate pretty Spider-Man consistently is the good, exception, in Damn my right. opinion. It has good writers. And uh, Ultimate X Men, I liked, but it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't okay. Yeah. That one I was the first to. two Ultimates runs were really good, and okay, wait, and the then, third one has like Blade, and they're fighting vampires, and like half of them become vampires. Fuck yeah! Didn't <laughs> didn't get that far. 
That's I know your feelings on Twilight, comics. Mike. You don't I, <laughs> no, I'm on Team Lyrica. I'm sparkling. sparkling. Look at me. <laughs> that so that's what got me back into comics. But what I'm reading now are mostly I I do not like in general either of the major universes. I don't read much Marvel. I don't read much DC. I read. I get into. I try and get into stuff that's either closed storylines or separate from the major universes. Word. Invincible and Walking Dead are two of my favorites. Uh, I read. I just got into the Sixth Gun, which is fucking spectacular. Um, You should listen to more of my suggestions. (laughs) Yeah, I've really enjoyed the the kind of. They call it a Conan ongoing series, but it's not really an ongoing. It started out with Kurt Busiek. Yeah, and the, the Kurt Busiek run is amazing, and it 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 falters a little toward the middle. But some of the newer stuff has been pretty good, and I get everything that I buy in trades, uh, mostly in hardcover I, if I can, so that I can keep it on a bookshelf. The, the first uh, one, Frost Giant's Daughter, that is expensive. so good. I own it. The hardcover? No, not the hardcover. Or the hardcover. Why? Because it sold and went out of print like three years ago. That Fuck going out of print. If something sells out, fucking put another print run. That's why I fucking hate the goddamn Walking Dead Library Edition number one that goes for $500 fucking dollars now. Fuck off. I had a chance to buy it for fucking cover price, and I passed up on it because I thought, oh, God, $125. That's way too much. I'll wait for it to drop in fuck. No, they, they don't. Like, Absolute Editions do not drop in price. Those slip sleeve things that mm. DC releases. Um, so. For instance, Planetary came out. Um, it was a two-volume set. came out October of last year. I picked it up on day one. It was sold out on day two. Like, two weeks later, they were selling for about $300 a piece. Jesus Christ. And they were a hundred for each of them, like coming out initially. I call bullshit. I started online. I expect my comics to be free. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, real quick, uh, three comics that you're reading right now that you really enjoy. Luke, go. Sixth Gun. Okay, that's the the newest one. Uh, Invincible and Walking Dead. Okay. My I was just thinking Fables. Fables. Fables is amazing. Fables, Fables is in that list. I'm, too I, for me. I I I'm trying to as well. trying to finish up Lucifer. Um, no, it's, I really it's like good. It. It's good. It's yeah, good. Lucifer, awesome. And what was my? What was the other one that I've been? Uh, you know what? I haven't actually finished Sandman. That's okay. Go fuck yourself. <sighs> All right, uh, and go. I am midway through Why the Last Man, and that's just been a matter of actually picking up the trade paperbacks. Um, I want to shout out to like my indie peeps. Uh, I picked up the first trade paperback for. Um, Embarrassingly, I have to look up the title, but it's by Dylan McConus, who's awesome and does uh, has first off has a sticker that says "Real Vampires Don't Freaking Sparkle." She has a fabulous uh, like French Revolution vampire comic called "Bite Me," and then um, let me look at what this. I've actually called. heard of "Bite Me." Wait, it's just called "Bite Me." It's just called "Bite Me." It's not like related to Bite Club or anything like no, that. No, no. Right? Is it Vertigo or is it? Uh, she published it her damn self. She's out of Portland. Oh, nice. And uh, family Man. It's family werewolves man. and sort of, you know, she does like Industrial Revolution and Enlightenment style historical comics. Are you are you a big fan of Girl thing. Genius? I love Girl Genius, man. And I haven't, I only read the first like three or something trade paperbacks of that, but I think it's fabulous. Not my cup of tea, but I can appreciate it. Fair. If I have to pick a third one, let's see. I read... What was Internet Spider-Man dailies comic? all the time, and I fe- I don't know if there's any of those that particularly deserve recognition because, like you say, <laughs> it's kind of like newspaper comics in that it's if there's anything that's like a serial actually has a plot, it's questionable content. 
Did anyone read Wednesday Comics when it was coming out? No. Oh my God, that was the best thing that DC has done probably in fifty years. Uh, <laughs> you have a, a it was okay. A so format. let it be clear. You I have a vendetta against DC. <laughs> hey, no, I'm actually like, giving them props for something. They actually true, released that's true, true, like a newsprint format weekly comic that came out every Wednesday that had 12 different stories. Um, I mean, your hatred for DC is like so it's well earned. It's like it's like my hatred for the Xbox on the on the After the Fact podcast. Like people have already complained about my complaining about the Xbox. I'm pretty sure that's about where but it doesn't help that I chime in as well. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm with you because I don't like the DC universe. I don't I th- I think the core DC universe is some of the worst bullshit heroes and the terrible death of the writing. rebirth of the son of the child of <laughs> Superman versus the moment the back okay. Man, time paradox okay. thingy. You have to understand that <laughs> I, I left. Thingy. I left Flash. the DC universe for a long, long time. The first time I came back was Hush. I Hush read Batman and Robin. I actually am reading a DC title weekly. Oh, or monthly. Okay, so so I came back into Hush, and I, and I kind of started thinking, oh, maybe there will be something good. And I, I kid you not, I I saw. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. I saw. President Lex Luthor in a giant green suit of oh, armor, and I was oh, done. Lex Luthor as president like, was amazing. <laughs> He's like, ignore the past fifty of years of me being a supervillain and the armor that I'm wearing right now. Does he, what does he begin his speeches by shooting off an AK-47, like in the movie Idiocracy? <laughs> let, let, let's, let's talk for a second about, uh, and I will I will bash DC for like thirty seconds tops in the Marvel universe. Um, Norman Osborn was in a position of power. He wasn't the fucking president yes. of the United States. Yes. He was just a member of I was fine Hammer. with Lex Luthor, Luthor as a corporate entity that had power. That's, yeah. that's fine. Not president. Okay, so when I was a tiny child, my brother and I had a pretend game that was like cereal. Uh, it was called Space originally because, you know, we watched. But the thing was, I was in charge of coming up with my own character who was, when I was three and originally came up with this character, president of the planet. Okay. Right? And as I got older, I realized that him being president of the planet was absurd and stupid, and I could never keep it up. So he became like his his twin brother was president of the planet, and he was just some space explorer. And I feel like that's what DC did, is they pulled a three-year-old <laughs> executive decision, president of the planet. Hey, yeah. three-year-olds can write amazing, amazing comics. I don't know if you guys have read Axe Cop or not. Yes, <laughs> Axe Cop. Oh, I'm Chop. showing you my Chop poster right now. Uh, I've got yeah. one. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. All right, so to get back on uh, topic real quick so I can finish up my three and then we can start talking about the convention itself. Um, three books I'm reading right now. DMZ by I think it's Brian Wood is amazing. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's about uh, alternate history where there is another civil war and New York itself becomes a DMZ sort of at the end and it's a no man's land. Huh. Uh, reporter is flown in and he's just covering the war. He gets more involved in that, but... It's brilliant. Um, what what time period? You say Second Civil War? It, when? Like now? Oh, okay. Like okay. Uh, 2010, roughly, okay. roundabouts. Mm. Uh, I think they might actually have a time, but I don't know what it is. But it's it's current technology. It's not in the future. It's not in the past. Okay. Um, other things. Gee, there's so many things for me to pick from. Uh, Chew is brilliant. Um, if you guys have not read that yet, check it out. It's about a kibivore person who whatever he eats, he can know the history of it. 
He's a, de- a detective. Oh Tony my god, Chu. I have to read that. That there was a book by Amy Bender that has the same concept except it's fiction. So it's exciting. really, really good. Um, let's see, what else am I going to list off? I, I think I get like twenty titles a week. Wow, there is some terrible, terrible music in the background yeah, that I'm just hearing right now. <laughs> I think my brain is turning to jello. Uh, I think it's like a lounge band somewhere. We're in a lounge. But we're I'm in saying, a hotel lobby we're, bar. We're in a hotel lobby bar, but that does not necess- uh, necessitate like the Nora Jones or whatever <laughs> is being piped into my ears. Third book, uh, Punisher Max, just came back out. Jason Aaron is an amazing writer. Uh, his run with Weapon X was brilliant. Other Side, his first book, was fantastic. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Wonder Woman. trying to tell you not to slam your beard down because it See, you can hear Watch. it in the mics. S- I will set my wait, okay, Luke do it first. Okay, and now I'm going to set my glass down. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Podcasting. <laughs> this is the 6th Emerald City Comic Con I've been to and number not seven? all of them. No, here's the thing. <laughs> Right now, it takes place in the Seattle Convention Center, which it has for its entire run, as far as I'm aware, for the last seven years. Before that, there was another convention called Emerald City Comic Con that ran... When I first moved up here in 97? 96. 96. I moved up here in 96, and there was a convention called Emerald City Comic Con that took place in Seattle Center. And it was tiny. And it was twice a year. And... Um, it was mostly like whatever artists they happened to be able to gather in a couple of the Northwest rooms in Seattle Center. Um, and it was local comic shops. You know, it was, it was all the stories that you hear of the little shitty local comic conventions that weren't San Diego or New York. And I don't know what the affiliation is. I don't think that there's any affiliation I, yeah, between the two. I, I think anything. that that con just died. And then there was a gap of about two or three years, and then this one started up, and it was still small, and it was, and it has grown since then, and now it's it's probably I'd say a third the size of PAX, is about yeah. what I'd say. Well, comparably, as as, okay, it's about a tenth the size of San Diego or New York. Sure, it's about wow. a fifth the size if of Chicago that. or Texas. <clears throat> Uh, Texas has HeroCon, I and think the only the only reason I compare it to PAX is because it come it's it's held in the same venue. Okay, and I and I see the attendance of this con and the and the people that are in it and and I see the complexity of the convention compared to PAX, and I would I would put it about a 
maybe less than a third, a third or a quarter of packs. I'd say like a third. Yeah, it's more spread. I mean, it's a little bit more spread out, which is nice. Um, you don't have people who stay here the entire day. Like, yeah, people will come for one day, and that's it, which is nice because you know they'll get their fill of whatever. But unlike packs, where people will come for all three days from all over the country to you know mm-hmm. be like, oh my god, there's Mike and Jerry, they're amazing. You've got people who come in. They take care of what they want to take care of. They buy their books. Yeah. They attend the panels that they want to, and then they get the fuck out and they leave. I come here. I come here for signatures, primarily. Like, and that's and that's what I've always kind of gone to comic conventions for. Is I've got a bunch of books that I like. I've got authors that I like and artists that I like, and I want to go say hi to them, thank them for the things that they've contributed, and get my stuff signed. And that's that's kind of where I sit with comic conventions, and I, that's what I like about coming to this one. I'm a little bit different. Like, I don't care if someone signs something for me. I really just I do not care. Like, the fact that I'm buying their product enough is me saying thanks to them. I come to pick up back issues that I don't have. Like, about a week <laughs> or two before any con that I'm going to, I will go and go through the entire catalog of stuff that I own and be like, I'm missing this issue of this comic, this issue of that comic. For instance, I needed a Secret Warriors number two first printing. I had a second printing of it. I've got first printings of everything else. That was the first thing that I wanted to take off my list. There are a couple of Punisher Max issues that I was missing. Got those. Picked up a couple of X-Men comics that I was missing um, to complete sets. Like, I go specifically and just, like, beeline directly for whoever is selling books. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm looking for. Do you have it? They're like, no, but we've got that. I'm like, I don't care. You're done. I'm gone. (laughs) Every I think once it must a, be some third archetype. I don't know. Oh, every I'm once sure in a while, I will go and pick up specific like things exclusive to the con. Like I have a Walking Dead bust, whose name is Andrew, of a zombie. <laughs> nice, and it's fantastic. Um, I picked up a couple of prints when I was down in San Diego. I got a uh, Razzle number one print, or no, it was uh, issue six. It was the cover art for it. Signed, there was like thirty of them. I got one. Um. What else? Um, I've got a poster from Nathan Fox, who's an amazing artist. He did a book called, oh shit, it's uh, Ultraviolet Black, I think. It was for Heavy Metal Magazine. He also was the artist for... That guy has nothing to do with the movie. Oh yeah, no. no, (laughs) uh, He's only been an artist for maybe five or ten years, but um, I really like his style. It's reminiscent of Paul Pope. Uh, I'm getting a custom piece done by him. See, and that's... So first of all, I want to find out. I want to find out what what is that archetype that you think you are. I don't know. I um, to some extent, I feel like I'm the. Mm, I last year I came with a sketchbook and I had a lot of sketches done. Um, I come to comic cons. I have no interest in collecting whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I admit that. Um, I treat comics like I treat books. Like I might own some of them, or I might. You know, get some from the library or whatever, but I. They're it, a means to deliver a story to you. They're right, not. They're, they're means not. To they're not a, a collectible item. You care about the right. content, not the physical physical condition of exactly. the said story. And I also come from the perspective of being somewhat interested in the craft and interested in the, uh, especially the writing related craft. And I enjoy like coming and chatting up people that are in the business and chatting with people that just like have interesting stuff and being like tell me about your interesting stuff and I I like getting um, not necessarily custom pieces done but last year I came with like a sketchbook that had some questions like and I went overly deep I realized I think last year it was like what does success mean for you and like what does it what do you do to help you be <laughs> successful to which Alex Malim of uh, Daredevil solemnly 
like completely deadpan drew me this picture of a bong. I was like, okay, that's what you do. <laughs> he sadly drew you a bong. I know, right? He was like kind of alone and kind of solemn. And Serious like bong drawing. Stoic bong. <laughs> like, all right. A stoic, like, was it, okay, a stoic bong, is that like the pistol bong that I've seen before? <laughs> oh, sad Oh, God. Uh, wow. Anyway. Um, that ain't a stoic bong for long. <laughs> This year, I mean, wah, this year wah. I sat at Mike with Micatron at his table for like half the half the time today so far, and that's Micatron had a booth. I had a booth. Wait, wait go champ. I had a booth last year, and it was the most boring experience of my life. Really? It was. Really? I had fun. Like, <sighs> did you have art pieces that you were selling? I write. I don't draw. Exactly. <laughs> Micatron was selling stuff. I was selling stuff. Pimping yourself. You sold an original piece of artwork that was a piece of smelly poop. I sold a Literally. piece of shit for $150. <laughs> Way to go, champ. Um, really a painting. The majority of the day, people today would point and say, poop. I love your shit. Or, <laughs> I love poop. I really like your poop. Or your poop is awesome. Or, hey, there's poop on your table. Right. And there's half the time, they were not past. saying that ironically. Yes. So that's that's my affiliation with Comic Con. I don't make comics. I just had a table. What, what, what was your best story? My best story about like, like being at a booth. Um, God, there's so many good ones. Like, I, I don't even feel compelled to go and explore the con because I'm having so much fun yakking with all of the weirdos who come to my booth. <laughs> so yeah, last year there was a, a group of people and they were going around um, getting signatures from artists and writers of books. For this giant composite poster that they were doing, like they were having the artists, you know, do like a little sketch thing, and then the writers would just sign their name next to it. I was sitting at my booth, and they come up to me and they're like, "Do you want to sign this while your artist draws something?" I'm like, "Look, you guys really don't want my signature on this. I mean, it's I'm not I'm not good. I'm not popular. I'm not famous. My book hasn't even been published yet." They're like, "No, no, we re- really we want you we want you to sign this." I'm like, "Are you sure?" They're like, "Yes." So like, I sign underneath Tim Sale's name, and I'm just like, "This is sacrilegious." <laughs> My name is devaluating this piece that you're getting done right now. And they kept pushing it on me. I'm like, fine, fuck it. Signature, done. Are you happy? They're like, thank you so much. And then they go to the next booth over and they get the same signature from fuck all who I... Oh, actually, it was Ed Brubaker. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I felt like such a tool. <laughs> I want to see this piece now with your signature mixed in amongst all these. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> they auctioned it off. And I was just like... Okay, so my and name somebody's was going to be looking at that thing and being like, "Oh the fuck, f- there's there's Jim Lee and there's Mark. Oh, and there's oh, and there's there's Tim Sale and who the fuck is this? <laughs> what, did someone, did one of the artists like decide to like clean off their pen? What the hell? <laughs> That's the beautiful thing, though. No one will ever know. They'll just assume. Is it even legible? Famous. Oh, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> That's why you need to that's become wildly heart. famous, because then at some point, this person will look at this piece of art and go like, that's who that is! You've read my writing. It's not ever going to be wildly <laughs> famous. Oh. Hey, do the disclaimer dance right now. It's not yeah. going to happen. No. The disclaimer dance. Dance. I'm serious. Whenever you disclaim your writing, you have to dance. It's not going to happen. <laughs> okay. Uh. Like, one of the main characters of my book is named Captain Superhero. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's like, meta, right? That's awesome. It's meta. Uh, previously, before I actually have a table at cons, I would just go around and look at random stuff. I didn't actually... 
I didn't buy a single comic last year at the Comic Con. I mostly talked with artists and I just chilled out and got good tips from people and uh, it was fun to just yak at people. It was like $30 worth of talking. Okay. I think that's my archetype too. The $30 yeah. worth of talking. And and okay, so I'm going to I'm going to throw the fourth archetype which is uh, my wife and I think a lot of people that come to these conventions to buy illustrations. Like to come in, look at artwork, you know, and buy prints and or sketches and or original artwork and then throw it up on a wall. And I think like that's that's I think what her focus has been for quite some time, excuse my burp. <laughs> and uh, and that's something that's partially what I do too. Like if I see something, I'm not I'm not as prolific with it as a lot of other people because I usually come in and I see one thing I really Luke, want. Luke, how many or long two. boxes are in your house right now? None. They're all short boxes, fucker, and there's <laughs> 60 of them? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I thought I was ridiculous because I've got 18 long boxes in my house. Like, a good, I think, 14 of them are in my closet, yeah. just stacked on top of each other. Well, And then I've got three bookshelves that are completely, like, they're uh, four tiers apiece, and each of them have comics in them that are just, like, the hardback trades and whatnot. Everything wow. that I read, everything that I read regularly now is in trades, but that's, that's diverging from the point. Like, uh... The, as far as artwork is concerned, I don't buy a lot of artwork. I, I, I remember... So, the first comic book convention that I remember going to was that one that I told you about with all the, art, all the image artists. And that comic convention was held in a gutted Sears at the end of a mall that had closed down. All right? I miss, and, like, old school like comic book conventions. And there were, they, they would find, like, random locations. There was hot shit at that con. Like, there was fucking Todd McFarlane was there. And I stood there. He signed some... I was 13 years old. He signed uh, two copies of, of Amazing Spider... Or, no, the Spider-Man. Just straight-up Spider-Man that he drew. And Amazing Spider-Man 300. No, no, no. This was Spider-Man. The, the ones that he started. It was, like, issue 13 that had the black... The black and silver oh, cover. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he signed that web. stuff for me, and I happened to be wearing a Portland Trailblazers shirt at the time. And thirteen-year-old me got pulled around behind the table, and I stood there for fifteen minutes bullshitting about the Blazers with Todd McFarlane. He would never do that again. He will never do that again. And um, all of the artists drew pictures in pen on the table that they were sitting at. So, and Jim Lee drew a picture of Wolverine with an image symbol on his chest, on the floor, on the concrete floor of this gutted store. Like, those are the kinds of cons that I miss because these guys were signing shit for the sake of signing it. They weren't charging an autograph fee. They weren't charging for sketches. I had... Oh, God, what's the name of the artist that did Weapon Zero back in the 90s? Um, he, drew, he drew a sketch. It was Wildstorm, right? Uh, it was Image, but yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And I would just, you could walk up to people and you'd hand them a backing board out of a, out of a bag. And they'd draw, draw something on it for you. And I got, I've got like three or four sketches just on backing boards uh, from, from these guys. Um, that is also the the tale of woe from my childhood from comic books, where I had an issue of Young Blood number one, and I got it signed by Hank Canals, who was the writer, and I had taken a ticket for Rob Liefeld's line, 
and I missed out, right? They, they called the ticket number, called the ticket number, and my ticket number never came up. So at the end of the con, I was walking around in the back, and Rob Liefeld was back in the back of the con hall by himself. Nobody around him. He was just, like, packing stuff into a, into a, uh, like a case, like a portfolio case, getting ready to go. There wasn't anybody within 50 feet of this guy except me. And 13-year-old me with my Hank Canal signed Youngblood number one walks up to him and very meekly says, Mr. Liefeld, would you mind signing my comic for me, please? And he goes, nope, and closes his bag and walks the fuck out of the con hall. There are days when I really want to show up. Like, I told this to my wife a while ago. I want to show up at fucking San Diego Comic-Con with a copy of Youngblood number one. Not the one I've got signed by Hank Canals, by the way, because that one is a little bit precious to me. A copy of Youngblood number one, I want to get it signed by Rob Liefeld, and then I want to rip it in half and throw it in his face. I want to <laughs> boom, and just be like, fuck you, asshole, and that's from 13-year-old me. <laughs> Speaking of which, the one thing I notice frequently at Comic-Cons is how arrogant some comic book artists are. Yes. So arrogant. I just want to punch them in their goddamn throats. They just sit there like the biggest prima donnas ever. Mike Mignola, surprisingly enough. Oh, yeah. He's very rude. Maybe he was having an off day for you guys. He was fucking pissy today. Like, I met him, and he was super nice. Yeah, he he was not in a good mood today. But whatever. I mean, maybe you give him a hand job beforehand. On the exact opposite end of that spectrum, <laughs> Ed uh, Brian Brian Glass, the guy that writes Mice Templar, Super the friendly. nicest fucking guy in that con hall today. Nice. He was so talkative and so nice, and he was like talking up his comic and talking about the story and just like thanking people for reading and just being like the nicest guy. And he would draw pictures and everything he signed. Like it's great. Like those are the guys that I like to go see. I guess it depends on where the people are in their career, like, but that's not always that, the case. Yeah, like Stan Lee is like so far withdrawn that he just you know will go on and on, and he'll charge for an autograph and stuff like that. Uh, what surprised me is like I met Ed Brubaker last year, and he was one of the friendliest guys that I've ever like. He was like you know at the top of his game that at that point he'd just written the death of Captain America, he was writing uh, Criminal was doing really well, a bunch of his other stuff was doing fantastic, and uh, a friend of mine introduced me to him, and he was just like. Pleasant, pol- you know, polite, friendly, and I was just like, "Wow, okay, this is amazing." Because he was so super down to earth. But I've had other, I've heard from other people that that's not necessarily the experience that you'll always get when you talk to him. So yeah, I guess it. Oh man, like I'm just watching the. I have my table. The guy across from me is like super, super like I'm the cock of the walk. You know, I'm motherfucking awesome. And like you know, he kind of sits there like he's. Sitting on a throne and like oh, I'm drawing and people are lining up and he's making fun of the people there and all this shit. It's like that's gonna bite you in the ass. Yeah, I don't it really that. is. Sometimes I think it's the people that have they they have to have the fire under them. Like the, the people who do my Stimplar. I mean, are they big? Sort of. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, and it's that popular. Is a decent, now. That is a decent selling. Like it's weird because uh, you've got my Stimplar and um, Mouse Guard. Yeah. Both yeah. of those are very similar books to a certain extent. They're about mice soldiers. Yeah. But then, on the other hand, they are completely different. Like you look at as like the art style or the story itself, they're right. just night and day. Well, the art styles are similar. No, no, really. Mice, Mice Templar is like super sharp, jagged lines, like real, real edgy. And then Mouse Guard is like the soft, uh, like 
you know, almost brush stroke. Do you style. know who draws mouse cards? Maybe I oh. haven't looked at all the mouse cards because it's. I can't it, remember off the top of my no head. Worries. It was so similar to me when I looked at it in a, a few. I, I mean, I haven't delved yeah, into I mean, it. You so. know, they, they're mice dressed as soldiers. Yeah, maybe I'm that kind of person who just kind of generalizes. Yep, 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 yep. Redwall. Redwall comic. Good. Hey. Let's go. Redwall comic. Awesome. Um, Owls are bad. <laughs> but yeah, so overall, your, your experience in your booth has been pretty positive. Oh yeah, awesome. People are tickled by my work. And that that's part of it. Part of me said, Hey, I wonder if this is even kosher if I don't make comics. And it seems that way? Uh no, it's completely kosher. Uh people don't mind at all that I people don't care. Uh I think I've maybe had one person ask if I do comics. No, I don't think anybody's asking me if I do comics. They don't care. They just look at my booth and say, Poop. It's called Artists Alley, and I don't think yeah. people necessarily equate yeah. that with comic book artists. They're just like, it's artists, and it's people who make art. So yeah. let's go see yeah, what ECC, their art is. ECCC is sort of going the way that New York and San Diego are going, where it's 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 spreading out to more different types of media. Yeah, like if you go to San Diego Comic Con, maybe thirty or forty percent is comic books, and they should just call that San Diego stuff. Geek Convention now because it really is just all forms of geek yeah. media. Yeah. I make artwork for nerds. There you go. And yeah. there are a lot of fucking nerds at a yep. Comic-Con. And when they walk by, everybody looks at your stuff and goes... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's everybody. <laughs> Some people it's are ashamed. It's a dragon farting fire. Yeah. Some people it's are... It's a pegacorn vomiting a, ho- a rainbow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it has to do with bodily functions in some way. And that never gets old. Potty really humor, doesn't. potty humor should never be outdated by <laughs> age. You you don't you don't get you don't outgrow that. I mean, you just pretend that you outgrow it. Poop, poop, poop is funny. It's funny. If it's a funny word, right? Right. If handled correctly, yes. Because there are times, <laughs> as it <laughs> were, poop is funny poop when you handle it right. <laughs> that, uh, there were so many puns thrown at me today. <laughs> oh my god! Like so everything in the book thrown at you today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much shit thrown at me. You know, there's poop on your table. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I like your shit. I like your shit, dude. I like your poop. Uh, so your poop things, is great. So things that cracked me up from uh, yesterday. So I, the first booth that I actually stopped by was Micatron's booth. I was yeah. like, my, bu- my buddy is at the con. I'm going to stop by his booth mm-hmm. show him some support. And we're talking for about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. And one of the things that caught my eye is the guy in the booth directly next to him is flipping through the Suicide Girls. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The book. And like I'm like, Micatron, Micatron, talking, talking, talking. Boobs. What? <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> oh, talking, talking. Okay. And I was just like, wow, it really is all kinds of people who are at this yeah. convention right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a huge number of steampunk people. Oh, um, yeah. The person t- that's in the ta- on the table to my left doesn't make comics either, but she's very oriented in like the steampunk esque mm-hmm. anime steampunk style, and it's just interesting to see. There's who- so much crossover in, yeah. in geek culture that you can pretty much it's it's spectacular, and it's it's nice to see that kind of crossover and see people you know who can just come to a convention that's geeky in general and enjoy themselves and you know possibly get into another geek hobby that they weren't into before, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or just uh, some people, oh, I'm buying my first piece of real artwork, which happened right. today, you know? It's like, awesome. It's like, hey, good, good for you. you you're, you've entered a new echelon of human existence. You bought art, which is totally not not important to life, but at the same time is very but important. Is. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. the first print that I ever bought 
It was a uh, Penny Arcade print of nice. Zangief. <laughs> nice. I got it framed and put on my wall. I'm like, nice. yeah, you know what? It's nice that you have like you know landscapes and photos or uh, like drawings of people or whatever. You know what? I'm getting Zangief. I got Zangief, <laughs> motherfucker. He's jumping off a tightrope, yep. about to suplex someone, and that Woo. perfectly describes my taste in art. Do you guys know how much Shatner was charging for seventy five? Seventy dollars. Seventy five. What? Yes. I think it was 70 75 the, the cheapest and picture was, you could get taken was $40. Like, seriously, there's a part of me that wanted to, like, pay the $75 to, you know, walk up to Shatner and be like, hey, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then right before the photo was taken, being like, hey, Shatner, <laughs> you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> so, just, like, punch him right in the cheek. Just, <laughs> so here's a story about Shatner. I have the a mailing list. Chat in his name. I have, <laughs> I have, I have the mailing list sign up that I put on on my table, and a lot of people signed up. And there's name, email, and what's your favorite dinosaur? And one of the responses was William Shatner. That's amazing. <laughs> I approve. William Shatner <laughs> is someone's favorite dinosaur. That is spectacular. At the Emerald City Comic Con. Most of those guys that were there, the 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 price that they were charging for autographs slash pictures was so fucking absurd, which is why I did not go get an autograph from Jonathan Frakes or Brent Spiner in spite of my respect for the two of them. Well, how long um, did it take? Like, uh, roughly 30 seconds? Yeah. Leonard and they have thousands of people. $100. Yes. Well, Leonard, Spock is Spock, right? And there, there are certain okay. guys... And he's no, no, genuinely a nice I, you, person. You can't be like, Spock is Spock, but Kirk's a dick. Uh, so, and I would not go to Jonathan Frakes' booth because I would get space herpes. That's why he has the beard. So, well played, the one, sir. The one, there, there were also people there like Felicia Day, who has her sure. own little geek cred. I would pay infinite and, dollars to touch her hair. And <laughs> hair was not the word I was expecting. Infinite. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> no, it's fucking the Will Wheaton shows up to everything because that's how he makes his living now. That's right. Um, he's, he's actually he's the Uber makes geek. a living he's, as he's, a geek. And he's such... And He's a genuinely nice person. Yes. Uh, the only person that I went to today was I went and met um, uh, Bruce Boxleitner. And that was, I was one of the only people that went and saw Bruce Boxleitner who was not there to see him because of Babylon 5. I was not there to see him because of Tron. I was there to see him because I'm fucking named after him <laughs> in, in a way. Uh, I'm named after the character he played in a miniseries on TV in 1977 called How the West Was Won. His character was Luke McCann. I went and I talked to him for a little bit, and I told him that, and he was very dismissive Terrified. like most. No, he was, very, he was just kind of dismissive like most actors that I've ever talked to are, where... They're not really listening to what people are saying when they're across the table. They're just kind of blur, 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 and now I'm going to talk about myself for a while. He didn't seem like uh, he wasn't he wasn't a jerk. He was just not really all there. You know, yeah. he was just kind of he was done with his day, right? And his his at line was winding down. <laughs> no, this was at the end of the day, and the, his line was winding down, and I think he was kind of fed up. And um, mm. but it was it was cool, like it. It was cool to go meet him just because I have a somewhat of a history with this per- particular person. But people that I just respect because of what they've done, like I would not I would not go pay $50 for John Noble's autograph. As much as I like the guy, and I know I know somebody that I work with that is going to go get his autograph just because she has a copy of the extended edition Lord of the Rings signed by Everybody, like she's gotten signatures from like half the cast, and she didn't have John Noble yet. I don't get 
the automatic charging for autographs for geek culture uh, people who who are just there for geek cred, you know, because if uh, you can make thousands of dollars an hour, I, yeah, yeah I get no, why I get not? that part, but I'm just like, it it bothers me when I grew up in an era where these people were, um, where I could ju- I could just walk up to them and be like, hey, would you would you sign this for me? That would be cool. And with the exception of Rob Liefeld, most of them would say yes, <laughs> you know, and most of them what would just sign dick. stuff for me. To give props um, to Will Wheaton, he was cool enough to randomly let me take pictures of him sci-fiving. Sci-fiving me. you? I've seen that picture, and right? it's awesome. Now the people that I know that are down to earth and will will hang out with you are people who are like podcasters. You know, <laughs> and like just just other random. Speak for yourself. But- I charge ten dollars for my autograph. <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, want your photo taken with me, that's an extra five. Oh, Jesus, that would be spectacular. If the day that I can charge for my autograph is going to be a good fucking day. <laughs> uh, and and you know what? I I will honestly say, unless I'm forced into it, if, if I ever become famous, like I'm a writer, I write stuff. If I ever get to the point where I'm famous for my writing. I vow that unless an event or an agency forces me to, I will never charge for an autograph. And thus it is spoken. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, it is dun, spoken dun. and thus it will be done. My experience with the con, this is the first year that I haven't gone all three days. I just went on Saturday. I made a beeline for all the signatures I wanted to get. So I got um, I got Max Brooks to sign a hardcover copy of World War Z, which was spectacular. I told him... One of the things that I really liked about World War Z was the fact that he has a very elegant description of the difference between fast zombies and slow zombies and why they exist. And I have used that argument to brutal effect against a bunch of Romero purists over and over and over again. So he signed it, uh, fast or slow, you're still going to get eaten. So (laughs) I'm like, that's awesome. Um, I got got Mike Mignola's on a hardcover Hellboy. I got the guys to sign... uh, uh, Mice Templar for me. I have an amazing I guess, signature so story. I, I, I've had a good con, and I think it's uh, I think it's been a lot of fun. Shit, let's wrap this thing up. I guess. Did you enjoy yourself? I had an amazing time. Um, like, okay, so I did not go today. I went yesterday. I actually took the day off of work, which was amazing. I got paid to come to Emerald City Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing has been more fantastic than me slowly browsing through someone's long box looking for a single issue of Punisher Max and thinking to myself, oh my god, I'm getting paid right now (laughs) to do this. And then just meandering a little bit more slowly. (laughs) Yes. Um, Like last year, like I said, I had a booth. But uh, this year I just came to enjoy myself, relax. I did not want to deal with the crowds today. I just wanted to simply kick back you know, go on Friday, go on Sunday, the two slower days, and have fun. Mm-hmm. Not fight against anyone, not have to punch someone in the face in order to get the, you know, the print or the single <laughs> issue that I wanted. You know what? Tomorrow, if I go there and there's something that catches my eye, I might grab it. I picked up the uh, the Skull Kickers uh, trade paperback. There's like 250 of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I read the first issue and it was fun, but I wouldn't pick up the singles. I'll grab the trade, though, see how the story ends up. I just came to enjoy myself. How about you guys? Did you enjoy it? I know, I know, Mikeatron ran his booth and thumbs up and has talked about that a lot. What about you, Ann? 
For today, uh, mostly, I, I didn't actually expect to spend that much time at Mike's booth. I thought I might, like, go see panels or do something nerdy. But instead, it was a lot of fun to just, like, kind of sit there and bullshit with the people that were passing. Um, I ended up going to, like, wandering to the bathroom a few times. And when I came back, I had no money. Where is my money? <laughs> what happened? Uh, I have no money now. What happened? I, I got to go, like, hang out and bullshit with some of my favorite like comics guys especially towards the end of the day when it was slow and i could go up to jeff jacks and be like what's up see you're a girl though you can be like i'm a girl who reads comic books and they can be like boobs but generally the bigger the con the more the there's a balance in gender yes i think uh it it small cons is more like it's a sausage fest it really is yeah there was a lot of there's this one has a surprisingly large balance of, of females, yeah, though. Yeah, um, I see that. Yeah. Um, the majority of people who came that. to my table were girls. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. It's very true. Yeah, I'd say the majority, yeah. And, it, you know, it wasn't like sea hags crawling up from the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a lot of attractive people were at the yeah. con, which is refreshing. Banded together from remote galaxies are 13 of the most sinister villains of all time. The Legion of Doom, dedicated to a single objective, the conquest of the universe. Only one group dares to challenge this intergalactic threat, the Super Friends. Justice League of America versus the Legion of Doom. This is the challenge of the Super Friends. Uh, the one thing that I'd like to address before we leave is what the format of the show is going to be after this one. This one is an introduction. We're kind of uh, telling you who we are and what we're, what we're planning on doing. The show in the future is going to be very similarly structured to After the Fact. If you have listened to the After the, after the Fact podcast, it will be uh, it will be very familiar to you. Um, the point of this show is going to be uh, reading through a a trade paperback paperback. or a hardcover or a collected edition of some sort and talking about it on the show. So we're going to have an opening segment where we talk about comics in general, what we're currently reading, uh, what, you know, what we think you should be reading. Uh, And then there will be a, the bulk of the show will be reviewing a a trade of some sort. Hence the name trade secrets. See how clever I am. It's awesome. So smart. Uh, And then there, there will be a wrap up at the end of the show where we, where we uh, say what's coming out this week. Yeah, I'll I'll probably probably go through previews and be like, okay, so or uh, Diamond does uh, a weekly thing where they say everything that they're releasing, and I'll be like, okay, guys, seriously, this is a book you should read. This is a book you should read. Mm -hmm. Blah 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 blah. Here's why. The, the biggest point, I think, is just that uh, it gives us a reason to read a bunch of stuff that we like and talk about comics because we all like comics and want to bullshit about them. Uh, we will definitely um, pro- profess the virtues of going out to your local comic shop and supporting your independent guys. Thank you, Xanadu. Uh, 
Uh, Xanadu's good. My my two favorite in the area are Corner Comics in, in Kirkland and uh, Comics Dungeon in the U District. Good little props um, to Arcane Comics in Ballard. There we go. Mike, you got anything? <laughs> Arcane Comics and Comics, uh, Comics Dungeon. Comics Dungeon. Com- Comics Dungeon. Comics Dungeon is pretty good. Comics Dungeon's my favorite. Wait, oh, com- the Federal Way one is also yeah, I was The Federal Way one kicks ass. Which one is fe- which one's I'm in forgetting Federal the name of it. Um, You're not talking about Wonder World, are you? Because they're no. closed. No. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just one guy. He's such an awesome guy. Um, that's cool. Yeah, I'll have to look it up at some other time. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, single-handedly blame Xanadu for bringing me back into comics. Their staff is amazing. and I'll Staff is really good. That's one them. of the reasons why I like Comics Dungeon a lot is because the guys there are just, they're very knowledgeable and they're super nice and super down to earth. So you can just stand there and bullshit with them about stuff, and, and I really like that. I've they been also in, have a ton of independent yeah. stuff. So uh, that's going to be the format. Uh, Andy and I are basically going to be co-hosts. The rest of the the podcast crew Rotating will probably cast. rotate. Anne has expressed interest in being right. a, a fairly regular uh, cast member. I don't know if Micatron will be there, but scratching my head, um, picture it in my my your brain in a in a plug. In a shameless plug, if you listen to this one, listen to After the Fact too, because wow. we're all geeks and we it's love it. It's fantastic. Uh, it is fan-fucking-tastic. So uh, take a moment to get your classic video game fix, and then um, we will likely... This will be a bi-weekly podcast. We will do it every two weeks because uh, we just don't have the fucking wherewithal to do it weekly. The beauty of that is, though, that we will be doing After the Fact on opposing weeks, so uh, we should have weekly content between the two of them. Weekly Geek. Yes. Uh, so, did any of you guys have anything you wanted to say before we uh, before we wrap up the show? Read Secret Warriors. It's the best thing Marvel has going on right now. I think I'm actually going to give you guys a mission tomorrow. Give you some money and say, bring back some fucking comics, guys. I will be bringing you the sixth gun, just to um, let you know. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to bring sixth me a, gun. You're going to bring me all the individual issues and first prints, first printings of sixth gun, and you're going to get the first one signed, right? I will do my best. Actually, yes. you know what? I, I want to plug a, a, a webcomic that I, I guys I met at ECCC. Um, I met these guys while waiting, while waiting for crepes in the morning. And I was like, hey, you guys are artists? And they're like, yeah, we run a webcomic. I'm like, all right, webcomic. Uh, like everybody does. That's trendy. That's awesome. And uh, and we talked for a while. And we talked about how we get ourselves out there on the internet and like what we do and like social networking and RSS and it's full of shit. And so, you know, we part ways and we're like, hey, you know, have a good time. You know, we'll stop by, something like that. Yeah. Please tell me your booths were next to each other. No, actually, <laughs> uh, I believe it was someone came to my table and said you have to read this comic butter safe it's awesome and then uh i don't know who i don't was it one of you guys someone me. gave me this flyer and it's like legitimately funny comic uh you know like it's super super funny like involves unicorns and <laughs> corporate finance and that's not actually corporate finance that's magic i'm wearing my corporate finance hat and i just like to plug butter safe butter safe pretty awesome awesome and go I, hopefully, I will continue to be the voice of the independent and web comics person on the podca- podcast. Um, I also would like to mention, just because it hasn't been mentioned before, I do enjoy Japanese comics, and I don't consider myself part of the anime crowd necessarily because okay. that's kind Doro of. Hidoro, have you read that yet? No, I haven't. Oh, that's fantastic. So, there you go. Um, but in general, I feel like comics are the wave of the future. Um, and. I know that's cheesy, but uh, <laughs> at some point when I was about 
19 or 20. I read Scott McCloud's whole series, Understanding yes. Comics, Making Comics, and the other one about comics. Will uh, Eisner was better. Uh, Will Eisner's good. I like Will Eisner's stuff. But Scott McCloud like, got to that sort of like literary theory meta thing that I can really appreciate and be like, oh, man, not only do I like this because I'm a geek, but I like this because like words and pictures at the same time. <laughs> Wait, uh, so you want to wrap this up with one book that you would recommend reading right now? Sixth Gun. I had one. Come back to me. Skip. Okay, and pass. Go. Bite me. I think it's totally worth reading. I'm going to say uh, Demo, Volume 1, by Becky Clunan and uh, Brian Wood. Mike. That's how this is going to go, isn't go. it? Read Mouse again. Serious. M-A-U-S. Right. Read it again. That's how this is going to go. Uh, Andy's going to be, we're going to be like, topical, topical, topical. Andy's going to be like, I'm going to reach into the depths of my colon to find something that you have never even fucking heard of. Demo? No, that's not esoteric <laughs> at all. No, seriously, it, was, it got an Eisner, I think. Okay. If, All I right. to, if I had to go a second, I'd say Adolf, which is a series by Osama Tezuka, who did uh, Astro Boy, and it's the best goddamn world. And Anne is ever. reaching deep into her colon. Wow. Speaking <laughs> of Collins. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to continue listening to us speak of our colons, uh, we will continue this podcast on a bi weekly basis. You will be able to get the show on iTunes. Uh, it will take a while for us to get on Zoom, but you'll be able to get us on Zoom. Um, we will have a our website which the the core website is www.geekerific.com for the show the website is tradesecrets.geekerific.com that's where our rss feed will be and that's what we'll be feeding all of you know the the itunes and the zunes and stuff in the world uh we have a facebook page uh we have a twitter account which is at trade secrets pod um uh, I also remember <laughs> all this shit <laughs> because I set it all up. So doesn't matter. Um, we will soon have a Tumblr account as well, which will be uh, tsp.tumblr.com. As long as Fancy. that's what we can get. I have a personal Twitter, which is Geek Elite. Micatron is at Mister Atron. And do you have a Twitter account? I do not do Twitter. And does oh. not have a Twitter account. Uh, Andy <laughs> has a Twitter account. And oh, th- if you have never listened to After the Fact, you won't understand the running joke of me trying to spell this goddamn piece of shit. But it is at Mathtastrophe. M-A-T-H-T-A-S-T-R-O-P-H-Y. Well done, Bam! sir. One tra- you know what it is? I have to not have it in front of me. When I'm reading it, well, I fuck it, it up. You fuck it up, yeah. Somehow. Uh, we will try and post on Twitter as much as possible, uh, but if you also want to be a part of the show, you can take part by emailing us at tradesecrets at geekerific.com. If you post to Facebook or Twitter uh, there, we will also take those comments or, or questions and, and use them in the show for for Andrew Pidel. Hey. And Bean. Hey, yo. Mike DiPicello. Butts. I'm Luke Matthews. And this has been episode zero, and we're out.